Well, good morning and welcome to Belong Church. We are so happy that you're with us. And of course, this week is Thanksgiving, and I love the bumper video, how it ended. What are you thankful for? And I don't know about you, but we have so much to be thankful for. And sometimes when we look at things, we can look at the glass half empty and all the things that we need and, and certainly our prayer requests and things that we ask God for. But I'm just so happy that this season of the year, we turn our attention to what we can be happy and thankful for. So I encourage you, as this week, um, Thursdays, we're hitting it before we go into the Cowboys game, just to take that moment, and wherever you're at, wherever you're celebrating Thanksgiving with, um, that you will just take that moment and just, even if it takes all week to just say, God, it's Monday, and I'm thankful for this, and, and just create an attitude of gratitude. Well, this week, this past week, I should say, I had the great opportunity of being um, in the presence of one of my favorite speakers of all times, and that is Tommy Tenney. And, and I could spend probably the entire time just, just giving a promo and a, a pre-roll of how much he impacted my life, and, and he certainly one that I, I just really, every time I get the opportunity to, I will go and sit at his feet and just listen. And he was at Christ for the Nations last week. And I was able to, um, Jenny texted me actually and said, hey, Tommy Tenney's here this week. So I stopped everything and went and watched them live. And then I watched um, the Thursday message as well. And then Friday I went down um, in person and was able to talk to him for a minute afterwards. And then he was at a church in Plano this past um, Sunday night, and I was able to go and sit in there, and he, he talked this message, and it's one that I'd heard him talk before, many, many years ago. In fact, there's one phrase that I expected him to say, and he never did, and at the end, I'm like, man, you let me down, because I was waiting for this one phrase, and, and he never said it. He just looked at me like I was a little bit crazy, but that's all right. But the, the, the whole story is around, and it surrounds the uh, 17th chapter of the book of John. And this is our last Sunday in November. If you can believe it, we have now gone through all four of the Gospels and the challenges for everyone to read through each one of them during that month. And then our messages were geared and focused on that. And this is the last week of that. And we're finishing up in the book of John. And there's, there's more John than there are is, is Sundays in the month. So I could keep going for a while. I could have dedicated an entire um, Sunday, I think, to John 10.10 alone, but of course it's, it's sprinkled in there quite a bit as always because it's my favorite message for actually a service and for talking about God. But I want to set the scene here for where we're picking up in John 17. Jesus is having the Last Supper with the disciples. They don't know it's the Last Supper. We know it's the Last Supper because we read and we continue to read. But for them, this was just another Passover. But you see, to Jesus, the countdown was ticking down. He knew that later that night he would be um, taken and he would be arrested. And he knew that he was going to go and spend time in prayer. And this is the time that they're giving the Passover um, meal together. And, and there's a whole lot more to that than I'm going to dig into right here. It's certainly great. And, I, and it's one of the things I really enjoyed hearing um, Pastor Tommy Temney talk about. But one of the things that he asked in the beginning is, how many messages... Have you heard about unity? And I had to stop and think, oh, I've heard a few, but 
not really that many. And thankfully, it was, it was several pastors in the room. Um, and thankfully, he never said, and how many messages have you given on unity? Because I would have been woefully lacking. But when he talked about it, he says, you know, when, when it's one of those things that Jesus sets a high premium on, and yet all of us can't sit there and say, I have heard this many messages on it. Man, we do this once a year. We talk, I mean, we talk about giving once a year, and we talk about a deep, a deep dive on it and lay it all out. We talk about salvation. We, know, we talk about getting to know God, and yet all of these things are important, but not nearly as important as we're going to see today as a message on unity and being together. So my challenge after hearing that message is, I'm not going to fall prey to that again. So here we are, right out the gate, right out the bat. Here we go. We're going to see this message. And John chapter 17 is actually the longest recorded prayer of Jesus. Now, he said many other prayers, and there's, I'm sure there's plenty of prayers that he prayed that were longer, but this is the longest recorded prayer of Jesus. And pretty much if you've got a Bible that has the words of Jesus in red, you can look at the book, uh, the chapter of 17, and just about every one of the words are in red because that's Jesus praying this very long prayer. Don't worry, we're not going to read it word for word. We're not going to dig that deep. We're going to hit some of it, and I've picked out several that will be instrumental and part of our message, and we're going to try and layer it all in there. So if you have your Bible, Will you turn with me to John chapter 17, starting with verse 1. Look at this. Jesus spoke these things, and lifting up his eyes to heaven, he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you. So Jesus is raising his head to heaven, and he's praying, and then he continues on. In verse 3, he said, This is eternal life, that they may know you. And stop right there. Uh, that is just so amazing. Because we talk about in John 10, 10 all the time, and we're going to see it again in a few minutes, that God, Jesus says, I came to give you eternal life. I came to give you life to the full. And here he's saying, this, this, hey, I'm going to tell you what it is, guys. If you want to know what it is, this is eternal life that they may know you. See, he's praying to God. He's praying to his Father. He's like, Father, the thing that is the greatest thing that will give them eternal life is that they know you. Which is why I love that as we see in our worship guide that we have, that we hand out when someone walks in the door, and as we talk about the tenets of our church, all the different things is right inside, this, inside of this. The number one thing is to know God, and that's our, our trek, and to, to know that, and then to find freedom, and discover your purpose, and to make a difference. But Jesus is saying here, this is eternal life, that they may know you. And the one and the true God and, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. See, this is the message. Verse 4, I glorified you on the earth, having accomplished the work which you have given me to do. And, and Jesus came to be our example. And I love that in his prayer, one of his last, because again, the, the countdown was going to the cross at this point. He could feel that pressure, that tug, that, that being pulled towards this. I've accomplished the work you've given me. I just mentioned the four tenets that we'll make a difference. 
And that's accomplishing the work that God, the Father, has for each one of us. And, and number three is to discover your purpose, to find out what that work is. Man, my prayer is when my last prayers are coming in, when I'm having that time that I'm sliding into heaven, and I hope it's a really long time from now, that I'm going to be able to pray this prayer, having accomplished, Father, the work that you gave me to do. So Jesus came to be our example. I love this. Continuing on. Now, Father, glorify me together with yourself as we as with the glory which I had with you before the world was. We, we looked at a couple of weeks ago, the first Sunday in the month of November, that Jesus was the Word. In the beginning was the Word. And if you didn't get that, you can go back to our YouTube channel and you can listen to that or it's on our podcast. But Jesus like, hey, I've been, I've been a part of this glory with you from the very beginning, before the world even was. Fast forward now to verse 9. He's talking about you. He's talking about me. He says, I ask on their behalf. In other words, this long prayer that he's going, and he's kind of in this preamble. He's just kind of warming up, and we'll see when he really kicks it into gear here in a little bit. But here he says, I'm asking on their behalf. So you want to know what Jesus' prayer is for you? Do I want to know what Jesus' prayer is for me? That is where we're getting a peek Tommy Tenney described it as if somebody is peeking in on your pri private prayer time. That not the stuff that you pray before the Thanksgiving meal and not those things that, hey, so people are going to hear me, so I'm going to choose my words wisely. And, and Tommy actually said, you know, hey, if I can peek into your prayer time, I'm going to get a glimpse into your life and what's important to you. And, and if you've got a, a health issue that you're struggling with, Hey, that's probably going to be pretty high up in that list that your private prayer time is. God, I pray for this thing in my body. I, I just found out recently I have a friend that went to the doctor and, and she has some lumps in her breast. And, and, I, and I could tell you what her prayer time likely is all about. Other people have financial needs and, and the things, and, and there's more month than there is money. And the, the struggle that there is, those things are what's really going to be just coming up to you. But you see, Jesus says, I'm asking. This is what he's putting as a priority. I'm asking on your, their behalf. He's asking for me and for you. Look at this bottom part. For they are yours. See, we're not just ourselves. We're not to be a, an island to ourselves and to try and just get through life all by ourselves. But we, once we've stepped into that kingdom and accepted Jesus, we are his. Verse 10, and all things that are mine are yours and yours are mine and I've been glorified in them. We're to have the glory of God working in us. Verse 11, I no longer, I am no longer in the world and yet they themselves are in the world and, and I've come to you. He, he hasn't even left the earth yet and here is what he's praying because he knows that countdown is so close. But here we go. Now Jesus is really kicking it in. He now gets in there. He's not just working it up, and now he goes, Holy Father, keep them in your name. 
The name which you have given me. Remember it says he has a name that is above every name. In the beginning, John 1, 1 says that it was the word and the word was God and the word was God. He was with God. He was all of this. And he's like, now you gave me this name when I came here. And in that name, keep them. Look at this. And here we go. That they may be one even as we are. Many, many years ago, when I first met Tommy Tenney, almost 20 years ago now, he was preaching at a conference, and, and it was a three-day event, and, and he had an opportunity to ask everyone who was a pastor or minister to go in the green room. He wanted to have a special time of prayer with us. And Lenore and I went in there, and he talked about this scripture right here. He went on to say something that has stayed with me this entire time. In fact, if you ask me about Tommy Tenney, you're like, hey, Tommy Tenney's coming. You're going to get my attention. I'm going to immediately tell you this story. Because it is certainly one of the ones that is the highest priority and the premium for me. He went on to say, do you realize that there is a prayer of Jesus that is yet unanswered? And I was flabbergasted. I was like, what in the world are you talking about? See, because when Jesus had prayed over everyone and said, hey, let your sight return and let your ears that were deaf now hear and, and raise from the dead. Did you know that the, the prayer when he called Lazarus out was the shortest prayer? He said three words, Lazarus, come forth. But you see, the, all the prayers that we see in the Bible as we just finished reading or finishing reading through the, the four Gospels, we see all the prayers. All of them are, an, uh, are answered, excuse me, except for one, this one. He went on to say, I told you I was going to tell, that I told him, like, I can't believe you didn't say this. And this is this phrase that he said that was like mind-blowing for me. He says, do you realize that the church is not one, that the body of Christ is not one, that it was easier for the Holy Spirit to raise Jesus from the dead than it is for the church to come into unity, to become as one. And I, 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 it just shook me to the core. And unity became one of the things that was a focal point for me in trying to do that. But you see, he keeps on. He doesn't just say it this one time. Then in verse 13, he says, But now I've come to you and these things I speak in the world so that they may have my joy and it may be full in themselves. I have give them, I've given them your word in verse 14. Verse 15, I do not ask for them to be taken out of the world, but keep them from the evil one. For they're not of the world, even as I'm not of the world, and sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. All of this is Jesus' prayer for you. Jesus' prayer for me. Verse 20, I do not ask on my behalf of these alone, but for those who believe in me through their word. So it's not only for the ones who heard Jesus live that he's saying, hey, I'm praying for them. But he said, also then for those who hear their words. So Jesus' prayer isn't just limited even to me, but everybody that hears my word. So when I gave everyone a challenge a couple of weeks ago, the, the plus one, and to find somebody that's going to go along with you on this journey, you're plus one, if you will. Jesus is even praying for you that through your words, when you're sitting down at a lunch table, your words when you're FaceTiming your friend and talking, your words when you're telling the words of God and when you're telling the story, he's praying for those. And look at verse 21. That they may all be one. This is the second time he's saying this. 
that they all may be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. Look at this. The, the world doesn't know that you sent me because there was miracles going on. The world doesn't know because there's these crazy supernatural events that are going on. Jesus is saying the world will truly know when you're in unity. Verse 22, the glory which you've given me, I've given to them, and that they may be one. Number three, just as we are one. And verse 23, and I and them and you and me, that they may be perfected in unity. Here we go, another time. The word unity is literally the same word translated in all the other places as one. That they may be perfected, and that word perfected we always know means completed. That the work that we talked about last week that Jesus started is completed. That that work is completed in unity or being one. So that the world may know that you sent me and loved them. Isn't that amazing? Jesus' prayer about what God's priority is that they the world, those people who don't know him yet will know that he loves them. So for all of you that are watching this and, and you're still in that category of just checking it out, or maybe you've got your arms crossed and like, I don't think I can believe in that church stuff. That's fine. But can I show you that even in Jesus' prayer, he's saying, I want them to know that we love them. Even as you've loved me, he says. But look at this, in Genesis 1, God said in the very, very beginning in verse 26, let us make man in our image. See, God is in unity. And when he created man, he created man in unity with himself. But then when the fall happened, the disunity started coming. See, five times Jesus prayed for unity, that they may be one. He says it over and over and over again. And Pastor Tommy was talking about this. He said, I believe that there's five areas that we're supposed to be in unity. The same way that Jesus said there are five, five times he said, let them be in unity. And, and I, I'm going to hit these really quickly. And you can go back or you can pause it and you can look at it. But number one, it starts with me as an individual. It, it's you. And if you have your finger out like this, you can do the, the, the pinky, the, the smallest one. That man, it starts with me because if I'm not in unity with myself, how will I ever be able to fit into anywhere? In fact, in James chapter 1, verse 8, it says, A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. It's possible for me not to even be in unity with myself. I can have so much anxiety, and am I going, am I not going, am I going to do this, am I not going to do this? Oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. You could just be spinning around in circles all by yourself. See, that's where the number one place it starts is in unity as an individual. The next place can I tell you, unity starts with me. Unity begins with me. There's no way we're going to see unity in the whole bigger picture as we go through this if it doesn't begin with me. The second point is for family. And that's, that's our, our next finger. And it's interesting because it's the ring finger. And the, if our family's not in unity, it, it's going to be a mess. But if I'm not in unity with myself, I can't bring anything into a family. If the husband isn't in unity with himself, what does he have to offer his wife and then children? If the wife isn't in unity with herself, what does she have to offer the husband or children? It all begins there and it goes uphill from there. And, and number three is the community. 
So that, that's within my friends. That's, that's the people that I'm at. So when I talk about being at your lunch table or you're going out to eat with people and those people that you have relationships with, that's where the unity of the third level is there, that you have unity amongst them. And number four is the church, the local church, that, man, we should all be in unity as a local church, that, hey, we should be hearing messages about God and unity and, and how we should all be a part of it. And then the fifth one is among all the churches, but the interesting thing that, that Tommy said in this, it, it just really shook me to the core too. He says, you can never repair disunity exactly where you find it. It's like trying to put a Band-Aid where you think there's a problem. But you must discover the level. So if you look at it, if there's an organization, if there's some place that there's disunity, and there's disunity all in our country right now, and in many churches, and in many friendships, and in many marriages, and in many people, you got to find out where if that first place that it shows up. And he used this analogy that if, if the wall over here has got a big crack going down because the, the foundation is moving, and all we do is put some, some spackling and some plaster and paint over that, that didn't fix the problem. Because the next time the whole shift happens, it's going to split again and everything you do. But that's what we do oftentimes is we'll put all of our focus on that. He says, but no, if you go down and you find where the actual problem is, then you can start working up. That's one we need to be talking about. And I'm purposing that we'll have messages about making ourselves as individuals stronger in unity and within our marriages and within our local church, within our friendships and all of these other areas. John 10, 10 says, Jesus says the thief comes only to rob, kill, and destroy. Man, he's going to attack every one of these things of unity. That's why it's still the prayer that has not been answered. But he says, but I've come to give you life to the full. Life to the full. And when, and when Tommy was talking about this at the end, he says, do you remember playing with Play-Doh as a child? He says, you could take some yellow Play-Doh and you could take some blue Play-Doh and you could put it together while they're two separate colors and two separate entities and you could mesh it together and you start messing it all around. And as you kept messing with it, you would just see streaks of one color and streaks of another. But if you keep messing with it, if you keep pressing with it, if you keep pushing it all in there, and squishing it, all of a sudden you'll start seeing where one ended and the other one began. And all of a sudden, a new color surfaces. And that is what Jesus' prayer for unity is all about for us. That I will end and I won't be able to tell where you begin and I end and, and vice versa. That we are all in this together. See, being in unity with God... Where he says, as we are, the, I, I, Jesus is praying, man, G, God, as we are one together, I pray that they're one together and then one with us in this whole big unity. It obviously begins with a relationship with God. Please bow your heads with me. As we come to Jesus, there's the obvious thing of a relationship that begins and if you've never began that relationship with God, today is your opportunity. And then as you get to be know him as an individual, and you get to know him within your family relationships, as you get to know him within your 
community, your friendships, and then your local church. All of this grows, but it all begins with the first time. It begins with coming back to God. If maybe once you walked with God and now you've walked away. I just want to lead you in a simple prayer if that's you. It's nothing magical. It's not about joining this or any other church. It's about beginning a relationship with God. If that's you, I simply want you to say these prayers, this, these words with me. Say, God in heaven, I want to begin a relationship with you. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to pay for my sins so I don't have to. Today I accept Jesus as my Savior. I ask you to forgive me and for all of my mistakes. Lead me in your ways. Show me. And the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you with all my heart. Today, I give you my life. Father, I pray for everyone who prayed that prayer. Whether it's the first time, Lord, or maybe they're coming back to you. Lord, I pray that all of us will have our focus on unity, that we will be that smushed Play-Doh that starts losing who we are and trying to make our distinctions of where we're different than everyone else and that we'll just merge in, that we will be like you, that we're your God the Father and your God the Son, that we're your church, we're your body, we're your people. God, I pray for unity and, and how it begins with me. I've got to look at it from the individual level. Lord, I pray that you would help us here to fulfill that prayer where you said it five different times God I know that's a high priority for you and Jesus the only prayer that you prayed that's yet unanswered use us use me because it begins with me in Jesus name I pray amen well as we close we I just want to ask you to take that next step and it's simply to do this text the word next to 469-289-1114. Text the word NEXT, N-E-X-T, to 469-289-1114. You'll see it at the bottom of your screen. And we just want to tell you what your next steps are if you would like to take them. And we want to hear what's going on in your life, so I'm, I encourage you to send a testimony to info at belongdfw.com. And, and I talked about it many times about inviting somebody to be your plus one or to take this journey with you. So maybe you need to copy the URL or just go to our YouTube page and share it with your friends. Put it on Facebook. Put it however you want to do it. But bring somebody along the journey with you. And lastly, for those of you who are participating in our financial success as a church and you want to give, you can simply go, again, it'll be at the bottom of your screen, to givetobelong.com. Or the easiest way is to text to give. Text the word give to 469-410-7788. And I'm sorry, those are different numbers, but we have to do that for obvious reasons. The finances have to be separate from our texting back and forth with you. But again, you can text the word give and then it's going to ask you all the prompts. It's, it's one, wonderful. And then once you've done that one time, all you have to do is say the amount you want to do in the future. Well, Father, we just lift up uh, your people. Lord, I just thank you for what you're doing. Lord, I thank you for the blessing that we have in hearing your word and the challenge to become more like you, specifically today about becoming one and, and walking in unity. Father, I speak a blessing over your people. 
for, Lord, everyone who's communicating with us, for the lives are being changed, Lord, and, Lord, for everyone who's giving to you through Belong Church, people who've paid their tithes this week. Father, I speak a blessing over them. Lord, and I thank you for what you're doing. Lord, we're so thankful in this season that's leading up to thanksgiving. Lord, let us remember that unity begins with me. Thanksgiving begins with me being thankful. Father, we give you all these things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.